The following conversation with Sarah Weiner of Sarah Weiner Consulting is a production of KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio. This show aired on November 23, 2018, on the Friday edition of The Point, a weekly show highlighting community members, issues, and events. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. Tell us a little bit about what Sarah Weiner Consulting is all about. So this is a business where I work with young people, students, particularly middle school and high school kids, along with their parents to help them develop better executive function skills. And executive functions are things like time management, planning, and organization. There's a lot of things that happen out of the prefrontal cortex, that part of your brain that's right up above your eyes. And because that's the last part of the brain to develop, and that's where the executive functions live, it takes a long time for many of us to actually develop the skills around time management, planning, and organization. Now, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I'm figuring and locating that position of my brain. And I understand, you know, we hear a lot about time management and we hear a lot about personal organization skills. But earlier when you and I were just talking before our conversation, you mentioned they're very simple things. Give us some examples, specific examples of what those are. So a specific example is when you're son or daughter comes home from school there you say hey what what kind of homework do you have tonight or let's let me see your backpack i want to clean out your your lunch bag and they see a big mess at the bottom of the backpack so there's all these crumpled papers and the kid says oh no i don't have any homework and the parent goes on to a website where the teachers list the assignments and they say, well, wait a minute. It looks like you actually do have some math homework and some history homework. And the kids said, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot or whatever. You know, I don't really want to do it. But one of the great things that we can work on with the kids is how about writing down your assignments when the teachers say them? Because a lot of us have really terrible working memory. And working memory is one of those things. It's one of those executive functions that's located in the prefrontal cortex of your brain. And it's really hard for many of us to remember instructions or, you know, when you ask somebody driving directions and after they say the first three turns, you're completely lost. You know, you're spacing out. There's no way you'll remember well, kids have that issue at school where the teacher is saying, you know, go to page 54. I want you to answer questions 1 through 32. And then on page 67, 35 through 70, and turn those in on Wednesday. You know, kids can't possibly remember that stuff. So luckily, these days, it is available online because a lot of these teachers have these online presents. And they can find their assignments. But what I really want to work on with these kids is write down the assignments, write down the steps. It's an accountability that they can take. And because so many of us have more experiential-oriented brains or kinesthetic brains, just the act of writing the instructions down solidifies it in our brain. So 
that's one example. But even simpler, you say, well, okay, so my kid really does get their homework done. But does the kid get the homework into the backpack? And when the backpack goes to school the next day, does the kid remove it from the backpack and actually hand it in to the teacher? And some of you listening to this might seem, you know, feel like, are you kidding? Of course it gets to the teacher. My kid wants credit for it. You'd be shocked at how many kids just can't make that connection. Do the parents have to be involved? So the parents or a parent or a caretaker has to be involved in the classes that I teach or that I coach with the student. Um, it's imperative because the parent needs to really know and understand what these strategies are that I'm teaching or else the kid is not going to be successful. They need that support from their parent. It's a little like the parent becomes more of a coach rather than a nagging parent if they know what it is that I'm asking the kids to do. And the example of trying to find your keys every morning and you're, make, you're driving yourself nuts because you're wasting time finding your keys, um, there's a, a saying that I, that I use called, um, everything has a home. So your keys need a home, and that home might be, depending on what your house looks like when you walk in that front door or walk in the garage door, I could come over and say, okay, this looks like a perfect spot. Do you have a favorite little basket or a favorite piece of pottery or who knows what? Or is there a hook nearby? You know, And make that the home for that thing. And so I do that with my kids. I'll say, okay, so where... Is it that you need to place your uh, date book and your backpack so that you're not scrambling around looking for your backpack the next morning when you need to get out to the school bus on time? Makes sense. And you already gave me a good hint, and I'm already thinking of my ceramic bowl where my keys will go. Perfect. Back to the parent situation. I know that I've I've been in different situations where often the parent is hoping that if they sign up with someone like you, that you'll, f you'll fix the dilemma. Yes. And so having the investment from a parent makes so much sense because it requires the parent to know. But you also mentioned earlier that the parent needs to practice the same kind of strategies, exactly. so to speak, the, the value of reinforcement. Reinforcement and the role modeling. And so one of the things Carolyn mentioned that I go into the home to teach my, my classes with my um, students and parents. And there's a lot that I learn by going into the home. For example, I can see what the space looks like and where they hang out. And where, you know how we tend to congregate near the kitchen or the dining room is where everybody does their homework or whatever. I can see that and I can recommend things. So, for example, we need I need you to get an analog clock, like a large-faced, simple analog clock. You know, that cost about 8 or 10 bucks and I want you to hang it up in this space where everybody can see it. Same thing with a calendar, a paper calendar. Um, there's just lots of, of little, what I call external tools that are really helpful. And if I can be in that space and have that parent support these suggestions, the success for the kids and the family as a whole 
just goes up exponentially. And it, it really becomes a family affair. It's, it's not that this kid has a problem. It's that the whole, the dynamic, it's a dynamic and everybody is part of the problem. I mean, the parents are being driven crazy. The sibling, if there's a sibling, they're probably being driven crazy. And so if we can work with the unit more as a system, the success rate for a happier family goes way up. So it's it's more than just teaching an executive function skill here and there. It's a family thing. The, the beneficiaries, so to speak, are not just the, the, the child, child exactly. who is finding that they're facing the challenges, but it's also the family learning new skills so they can work, as you say, a very well-orchestrated group. Yeah, and the, and the more the different family members are involved, the better. So, for example, I might ask the family to pick up a, a whiteboard and have it in a family space where it's visible to everybody. And everybody has responsibility for their section of the whiteboard to write down in their color of pen what their commitments are for the weekend, for example. Because families get really busy on weekends and lose track of, well, wait, which kid has a soccer game this weekend and which kid needs to get to the, you know, church for practice singing or, you know, who knows what, but exactly. there's just so much going on. Which, who has which car today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So th that's where it really does help to involve everyone in the family. But if I can just get one parent and the kid, that's already a big, big bonus. And there's just going to be great changes and success to come. So I'm very curious what motivated you to start this kind of a business yeah. and this kind of consulting with families. What well, started people it? know me as a as an artist and as a business owner in town for many, many twenty two years and some before that. But but actually I have a master's degree in social work and I have a master's degree in teaching. And it's a little bit like, you know, reinventing myself but really coming full circle. I've always loved working with teenagers. And I, I just have an easy time bonding or, or, you know, connecting with young people. And I love them. And I really see how intelligent they are. And I respect them. And I think so often adults are, you know, quote, scared of teenagers. But I think it's just because we haven't learned how to respect them for who they are. And uh, I love them. And my friend who owns the Bend Learning Center, so Mike and Sondra Marshall bought the Bend Learning Center a couple of years ago from the original person who started that. Mike knows me as a teacher and social worker, and he's known my history. And he said, hey, I really want to work with the little kids, but I really need someone to work with the teenagers. And that's just not my forte. How do you feel about that? And I said, I love teenagers. I would love to work with them. And he said to me, do you know what executive functions are? And I said, no. And he said, go home and look it up and then come back and we'll consult some further. And so he's the one who really got me on this path. And he told me how to, you know, take a course and how to become certified. And that's how I'm here now. As I listen to you, I'm re reminded again of the value of these very simple strategies. When you were raising your daughter, were you implementing very similar things or did you learn new things when you became certified? 
Oh, gosh. So first of all, part of my interest in this, in doing this, is that I struggled as a student. Um, I was not a natural student. I did, wasn't the typical learner. And so I struggled with reading. And I didn't learn to read for a long time. And then I was sent to the special ed, not special ed, but back then they called it the Oh, gosh, I have a resource room or something, you know, for the kids who couldn't read. And so I was totally, you know, stigmatized already as a bad student. And I had two older brothers who were great students. And so I became an athlete and I became an artist. And I did all these things that were different types of brain, you know, skills. And so I think really I get it when when young people struggle with different things than the norm and the way our schools are teaching people. And so when what I was going to say is that because I was a different kind of learner and because of who my mother is, I think I learned executive function skills from her as a young person because, boy, did I get in trouble when I lost my coat. You know, I got in big trouble losing my coat. And I'll tell you, I never lost a thing after that. But she taught me how to be responsible with my things. And that's the same kind of responsibility as, as um, being able to turn in an assignment. Because I had to, I struggled. I had to work that much harder to get things done and get them done well. With Bella, my daughter, our daughter Bella, who's now 21, um, I think it was just more intuitive and natural for me to teach her those skills my mom taught me. Um, so I think she was kind of lucky, <laughs> but she also had a more typical brain for the way teaching happens, which in our school is system. pretty one way, it's, one style yeah. for all these different varieties of learning styles. Exactly. And she could read a textbook mm-hmm. and then take an exam and do well. That's something I could not do. I'm with you on that. I couldn't either. And yet... I was able to make it through school, get a master's degree, but I needed to find new ways that fit for me. You talked earlier about writing things down, and I still do that Mm -hmm. in learning new things. So when I have a traditional instructor, I need to adapt my way. So who would be the right person to contact you? So at this point, I'm getting referrals from parents who call Mike Marshall at the Ben Learning Center because they don't know who else to call with their frustrations. And, you know, they're, these are parents who are tearing their hair out because they feel like all they do is nag their child to get their homework done and turned in on time or to do their homework, but also take the garbage out and finish doing the dishes and loading the dishwasher. So there, there's all kinds of things that are going on here. But the people that really are contacting me about learning or or about uh, their kid are people who are saying over and over again, I'm frustrated. My kid just can't get anything done. And I hear it over and over and the same things occur. I'll say, oh, so their sustained attention on their homework is not so good. Oh, it's non-existent. I'll finally get them to sit down to do their homework, and five minutes later, they're wandering around the house looking for their computer or their iPhone or whatever, even though they're not allowed to use it. And I said, okay, so what about when they're doing their video games? Oh, they could do that for hours. It's like, there's sustained attention. 
but it's a different kind of sustained attention. So it's kid very frequently, I hear the same pattern. And the parents think that their kid's the only one. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Your kid is so normal. (laughs) Well, and so many people kind of lump them into attention deficit. So they, they lump them into ADD, attention deficit disorder, ADHD, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. But in fact, these are some of the smartest, most creative kids I've ever met. And they're from different kinds of backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds. I'm seeing kids that are in middle school, high school, as well as COCC students. I think part of the problem or the difficulty is that the parents are struggling so much because they're blaming the kid. They are blaming the kid for being lazy or for being procrastinators. And in fact, it's not that they're lazy or procrastinate. They're not doing these behaviors to drive their parents crazy or their teachers crazy for that matter, because a lot of teachers are going crazy with these behaviors. Their brain just isn't developed yet. And I think people forget that that prefrontal cortex, again, that front part of the brain, it's the farthest part from the brain stem, which is in the back of your neck. That's where development starts. But it doesn't finish till like you're 25 to 30 years old. So we can't expect our children to have these skills. So many of us adults barely have some of these skills. And so what I'm doing is I'm not changing their brain. I'm not teaching them a certain way of thinking. I'm strictly teaching them strategies and skills by offering suggested, like I call them external tools, like an analog clock in the kitchen or wearing an analog watch. You're going to say, well, why an analog over a digital watch? Well, interestingly, an analog watch has three perspectives of time when you look at it, whereas a digital watch or clock only shows you the exact time at that exact second that you look at it. And look how many of us rely on on our cell phones to find out what time it is. Only our cell phones are in our pockets. Out of sight, out of mind. If you can't see a watch or a clock, you have no concept of what time it is. But if you have an analog, you can see how much time has passed. You can see what time it is at this moment. And you can see how much time until that next thing you have to do. So I can look at a clock and say, well, Carolyn, we've been here for this many minutes. That's really clear on my watch. I can see what time it is right now, and I can see how many minutes we have left till we need to finish. And it's like magic. People have never thought of it. No, I haven't. I mean, I haven't looked at it that way, and yet I look at radio. We need to kind of know, are we 10 seconds past the minute or 10 seconds before we need to close? Again, what I think you're saying is you're helping the, is it the prefrontal cortex? cortex? To develop. Mm-hmm. You're just providing exercises, so to speak, for mm-hmm. the development. Well, and, and like I said, I'm not changing the physiology of the brain. In fact, I, I'm teaching skills and strategies. That's the thing. So what I taught you a minute ago about having your favorite ceramic bowl or basket be the home for your keys, that's a strategy. But now the neuroscientists are finding how neuroplasticity in our brain has become like the big topic because our brains 
are more flexible and are changing all the time. We used to think that we got the brain we have, it develops to a certain point, and that's it. But now they're saying we really are changing our brains all the time. And so, in fact, I may be affecting change in the actual physiology of the brain. But I'm not going to pretend I'm a scientist, but I am going to coach people on how to improve their life to get things done. And that's really what it comes down to is getting things done, whether you're a kid or an adult. Focusing on the skills that you have, not the deficits. And so if we can keep it in that positive area, I've learned that the best thing I can do is find out what these kids' passions are. As soon as I know what their passion is, I've got a ticket in to some great rapport with this person. You know, and once I know what that passion is, we can then figure out ways to channel their energy into these positive changes. I love that. And I'm hoping maybe you'll come back and talk to me about what you do to help young people find their areas of passion. Mm -hmm. Is that something you might be able to? Absolutely. I don't expect a young person to know what their goals are in terms of their lifelong work or what they're going to study in school or whatever. But but if they have a notion, because kids always have a notion, whether it's to be a fireman or a photographer, if they just have that notion, it helps us talk about, well, let's plan for that future. And what are the steps that need to happen between now and then? And kids need to know that there's a lot of work that goes into stuff to reach a goal that's things they don't want to have to do, you know, and, and I emphasize that there's a lot of stuff we don't want to do as adults either. Like, you know, when you were born, do you think your parents loved changing your gross diapers, right? <laughs> but it was not. just one of those responsibilities in order to then have this amazing child. Exactly. That they really were excited about and wanted, you know. So there's different ways to help the kids and parents see how this is going to help them for the rest of their lives. It's not just about getting homework in this week. It's really a lifelong project that you can get giant head starts on now that are going to just take you places later in life. Well, thank you, Sarah. Oh, Wiener, thank you very, so very much. much. From Sarah Wiener Consulting. So if someone wants to know more you can look at my website, which is www.sarahweinerconsulting, and it's spelled S-A-R-A-W-I-E-N-E-R, consulting.com. And my phone number is 541-420-4961. And I do free consultations to find out if this is the right fit for you and your family. It's great to have you because I think these kind of... These kind of skills help one get excited about their lives. Exactly. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this KPOV podcast. The opinions voiced in this conversation are those of the host and of the guest and do not necessarily reflect those of the board, the staff, and volunteers of KPOV. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. And for more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. And we value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.